the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hello and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. And in the studio with me today, once again, sporting a little brush under the nose, we be Rich Jekyll. Hello, Christopher, your heart's desire. The Honorable Rich Jekyll, the famous now, award-winning Rich Jekyll. Absolutely. I need a bit different chair here, too. Uh, yeah, all right. More like wa- a throne. I'm going to say we're going to need to widen the door so you can get your head through it. All right. Uh, thanks again for being with us, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for telling your friends and family about the show. The audience is expanding, and we really do appreciate that. This show is here to help you or someone that you know be more successful with your business in the field of entrepreneurialism. All right. And uh, to help us on today's show, back once again, another score volunteer, David Island. David, good to see you again. Good to be back. It doesn't look like Rich's mustache has grown any more than when we saw him last week. <laughs> it's taken I mean, me he, three months to get this far. You need to get, have one, either a pencil thin or a, or a handlebar I need to get some fertilizer of some sort. All right, all right, all right. All right, you know, SCORE is a great organization. It's there for the asking. It is a mentorship program of entrepreneurs and business executives for entrepreneurs. And is located, the organization is located in the National Entrepreneur Center, along with a number of other great organizations, which is located in the Fashion Square Mall, which is where the Biz Fest is going to be occurring. Coming up on May the 9th. All right. Everybody's getting fired up about that. Yeah, man. Biz Fest, Chris. I just had lunch with Ray Pascal, who was a guest on our show. He was the CEO of Unified. Uh, unified right. office. Yep, yep. And of course, he said to say hello to both of you guys as two favorite radio personalities. Rich, we're Chris. the only two he knows. <laughs> uh, right. Now, this guy has been written up on a lot. Of, in fact, he's he was telling me yesterday that he they want uh, him to do an article on Entrepreneur Magazine, and uh, he's huh? been written up in a, in a lot of publications for the work he's been doing with uh, with his unified office business. And I said, "What are you doing in May?" And he said, "Well, what's going on?" I says, "We got BizFest May the 9th. He says. I'm going to plan to be down there. This guy's going to fly in from New Hampshire to be at BizFest. So all of you that are in the Orlando, Central Florida, there's no excuse for you not to be there. Hey, thanks, Ray. All right. And you, of course, are welcome to join us as well, ladies and gentlemen. This BizFest is a free event. Uh, we would like you to pre-register, if at all possible. You can do that at Orlando.score.org. 
And the BizFest is a great networking opportunity. There's going to be uh, speed counseling by SCORE counselors there. There are going to be panel discussions on business subject matter. There's going to be the ever more popular Pitch Fest contest. And by the way, if you'd like to get into that, applications are being accepted now at orlando.score.org. Just go there and uh, find the BizFest Pitch Fest uh, buttons and hit them, and it'll take you right to the appropriate place. It's magic. It is. It's just magic. You hit a button and it goes. That's right. The appropriate place uh, for the BizFest is at the National Entrepreneur Center, once again in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall. Uh, just park in the parking garage and uh, you'll see the vines on the wall and they'll take you to the event. And it is going to be from noon uh, to about 7.30. It culminates with the little cocktail party and final social networking opportunity uh, to wrap up the evening, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There are cash prizes, biggins yes, for the Pitch Fest winners. Twenty five hundred so, bucks yeah, for each of two categories: either uh, existing businesses, those being two years old and older, or uh, emerging businesses up to two years old. That can be, even be an idea in the idea stage. If you think you can sell that idea at Pitch Fest. Make your application right now. All right. We also have in the studio with us today someone else who's going to be at Pitch Fest. He's also a SCORE volunteer. He's been on the yeah, show before. Watch your wallet, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is, uh, he's Not been on the show, as I said before, but it's been a while, so we want to welcome back to the show Nate Friends. Good to see you again, Nate. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, once again, just, just give everybody a little quick lowdown, uh, your history. Well, I spent... Uh, little over 30 years as a corporate attorney with AT&T Corporation. I was also a law professor at Florida A&M University Law School and an associate dean there. And I've been uh, a general counsel for parts of AT&T throughout the world. I was AT&T International. And one other thing, I kind of keep this to myself a little bit, and that is I served as a lobbyist for AT&T. Oh five years. Goodness. In Washington, D.C.? In Washington, D.C. Are you responsible for these darn contracts that they put out? Absolutely not. Okay, <laughs> good answer. No comment. <laughs> good uh, answer. You, you said that you represented AT&T internationally? Did you... Did you Travel? Well, not just that, but did you make arguments or appear in front of foreign courts? No, I would hire local counsel. But you would that. oversee the case? I would oversee the case. Uh, what, would, what would AT&T be doing in a foreign court? Well, AT&T is a worldwide corporation. In fact, uh, the AT&T acronym was, uh, came about because it was American Telephone and Telegraph Company. Right. right. Yep. They made it AT&T so they wouldn't get discriminated against in other foreign countries. Oh, because of American. Exactly. Uh-huh. And, and, of course, uh, AT&T Telecommunications, that was worldwide. To the extent that uh, AT&T did not provide it, they would uh, work with the local telephone companies, and that's how you got your international long distance. I see. Darn. So uh, obviously they put a lot of trust in you. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, evidently they were rewarded quite handsomely with uh, putting their faith and trust in you because they are, of course, now a huge corporation and big telecommunications company. They're not just into uh, telephones anymore, but, uh, of course, uh, you know, transmitting all kinds of data, oh. internet data, internet. television. Yep. They got it all now, right? Well, well let me just add this. Um, it's a big company now. When I started there, it was a much larger company. 
Really? Over oh, one, yeah, over one million yeah. employees. One million. And uh, part of my background is yeah. um, I was one of the lawyers who worked on the case that resulted in AT&T breaking up. Yep. I see. Yeah. And it, it, it was that good uh, in the long run, do you think, for AT&T and the, well, and the companies that it was broken into? I guess what it really comes down to was good for the public in terms of breaking it up. Um, at that time, the view was that monopoly was not good. Right. And, of course, monopoly is not good because everyone assumes that you're going to use monopoly power to raise rates and do things that would not come about if you had right. full right. competition. Right. Well, now we have full competition. Well, didn't the technology kind of call for a monopoly to a certain extent in the sense that, you know, originally telephone was over wires and you had to have wire to go to each house and it, it, there there was not, uh, in, instead of having six wires coming down the street, you just had the one. You, you follow what I'm saying here? Absolutely. You're right on point. Um, you're talking about what's called a natural monopoly. Okay. A natural monopoly is a company or an organization or a utility where you really can't have but one provider. Look at your water now. Can you have four or five water mains come into your house? Right. Can you have four or five gas companies come into your house? Right. You know, there uh, may be a day. There may be a day, but the day would be that they would use the same infrastructure. Right. Otherwise, and if you had five or six different telephone companies, some people couldn't talk to each other. Right. But I see. But technology, now the, technology has also evolved to the point where you can have both. Right. Man, I don't remember those days with the wires and stuff. You oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> My father once told me about that. Yeah, you remember, yeah, he's just Josh. And he remembers the days when you had to crank the phone. You know? yeah, he's, he's talking about wires. That, that wire that's connecting him to the show from the truth. with his headphones is a wire you, connecting. You, you can't tell me at some point during your childhood you didn't throw a pair of sneakers up. Or get a kite caught up there. Or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Nate, uh, how long have you been volunteering at SCORE now? Well, it's about three years now. About three years? Yes. And well, you obviously had a full career in, in practicing law, and you were a law professor. How long were you a law professor and the dean at A&M? Uh, five years. Five years? How did you, you like, like doing it? That? Yeah, uh, I loved it. I love the teaching part more than anything else. Right. The, the young students and the young fresh students, minds. Fresh and stuff. minds. But it's so far from the field. Uh, no. Isn't it? No, no, it's right there. I mean, you're teaching all the time. Uh, you're teaching when you go in court. You're teaching when you're lobbying. You're taking subject matter and trying to convince somebody that um, what you're seeking is in their best interest. Right. That's, that's teaching. Right. It, it hmm. is, and that's what a lot of people don't understand lobbying. They think it's all about passing money and stuff like that, I, I suppose, in the worst case it may be. But it is primarily informing, it informing the lawmakers and their staff and that sort of thing. Exactly. If they had to do it on their own, there's no way you'd have a staffer that would be that broad-based. Right. For each issue, though, they can bring in uh, various lobbyists. Right. And that is really part of the beauty of our system. Absolutely. Is that it invites participation by everybody and anybody that can organize and present an idea that's uh, uh, worthy of discussion. To petition your uh, your leaders. Exactly. Petition your uh, congressmen. Uh, they want to know, and uh, they need to know. And there are things they will, they'll miss, that libraries will point out. They're going to point it out from the standpoint of trying to get what they want. Right. That doesn't mean it's not true. 
Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. And it's sort of like a court of law where you have opposing sides sometimes on an issue. You want to hear them both out. Give them both a fair shake. Did you like it? Oh, yes. Being a lobbyist? I enjoyed it. It was different than your other history. Well, you said, but it's a lot like teaching. Well, it's quite the contrary. You know, you think that, but it all ties together. Having worked on the AT&T antitrust case, I had to learn every aspect of telecommunications. Okay. Right. Once you learn that, then you're in a position to expose what the uh, issues are. Just getting money gets people access. You can look at that either way you want to look at it, but that's access. Right. Once you get an audience, what are you going to say? Right. You still have to sell. You still have to sell it. Right. And selling it means understanding it. So the more you get into it, the more you become a salesperson for that particular issue. All right. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Nate is going to be with us, obviously, throughout the show. And and if you have any legal needs, uh, you need some mentoring legal-wise, Nate is the guy over at SCORE. Do you do some of the breakfast series, too, the Breakfast with the Leader or any of the seminars over there? I have. You have? Okay. All right. And by the way, those seminars, the breakfast, and now also lunch with the Leader series, you can find at orlando.score.org. And what's the phone number? The phone number at the National Entrepreneur Center is 407-420-4844. score That's 407-420-4844. Oh, yeah. And because it's located in the Fashion Square Mall, you can indeed go in there if you're out shopping. Yep, during buy the week. Your shoes and <laughs> That's come right. on down. That's right. Show and them off. The That's <laughs> it. Show them off. And... Uh, They'll, of course, get you, you can get your business attire set up, and they'll get your business plan, help you get that set up. All right, so uh, once again, stick around for more of What's the Score, and please also like us on Facebook, right? Facebook's a place. All right, and that's uh, Score Orlando on Facebook. And uh, when we come back, we'll be talking with Nate about legal uh, things, and we'll also be reminding you about Pitch Fest and Biz Fest. So please stick around. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business and execute it to perfection. All right, we have in the studio with us today Nate Friends. He is also a SCORE volunteer. He is a, an, an attorney. It's, uh, I guess it's Nate Friends Esquire. Is, it, is that the proper terminology? <laughs> but uh, Nate is uh, now a volunteer at SCORE. And his specialty is the legal realm. And of all things. Of all things. Yeah. And every business, large or small, has to deal with legal issues. And you want to stay out front of them so that they don't end up biting you on, on the backside, <laughs> right? Uh, you got it. Uh, so what, what is your capacity? How do you mentor people over there at SCORE? Well, what I do, do is go through with them uh, what their needs are if they're a startup meaning they're just getting started, they have a concept or an idea, Right. then I help them to understand just what they need to do to protect themselves from a legal standpoint. What are some of their needs? And some of their needs are, from the outset, is determining what type of business association they're going to have. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're that, again, that meaning being sole proprietor, sole corporation, proprietor, right. corporation partnership, S-corp, whatever. Corporation, right. What type of corporation, um, what type of employees they're going to have, if any. Um, what kind of structure, as I mentioned. And there, again, I don't get into the legal aspects of just what they should do. 
I help them understand the different structures. Okay. From that point, then I will refer them, um, not really refer them, but let them know they need to go and find a lawyer. Yeah, because score uh, at score you can't really give give legal, legal advice. advice. Right. So even though we have Nate friends who's a lawyer, the the score uh, well, concept it, is not to be able to do that. And it's typical or in line with what SCORE does. They don't take over your business. They don't make decisions for you. No, we don't do do, the work. What they do is educate you primarily, uh, offer you their expertise and their experience. But the the decision-making is left up to you. It's like I've always said, uh, at SCORE, we show you some paths that you possibly like to go down, but we don't go there with you. Okay, um, we're always there to give you advice. Yep, you go down but, this path, and this is going to happen. Yeah, this path, you know, and this is going to happen. But, but the, the the ultimate decision is really up to the business owner. Yep, what to do? We can only give them information. Here's what we've learned. Here's what other people have done. Because people have rich. Have people come to you and say, "Hey, Rich, would you write my my business plan?" Absolutely. Yeah. In the old days, that they happens, did. Yeah. Well, and we say, we and just said, hey, we don't do that. We it's, don't do that. It's but we will, be your thoughts. We'll show you how to do it, yeah. and we'll show you where you can get the resources to do it. But again, it's your business. I've had people come in and ask me, what business kind of business should I start? Yeah. <laughs> I say, I don't know. <laughs> where Where's your passion lie, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously then, Nate, when, when people come to you, uh, there are certain things that are sort of standard that everybody you said sort of the same thing to everyone, but then there must also be the unique quirky. things the, that, the, that the quirky for guys. different businesses, different issues that they may need to take into consideration. Well, there are a number of things. Um, people come in with um, a concept. They're going to start a business. I help them first to uh, think about what type of structure they want. That's the business association we mentioned. Right. Then some come in with a uh, uh, product. That's a, their intellectual property. They may want a patent on it. They may want to protect their name. Trademark. Trademark. Right. Copyright. Uh, materials. So you, you can go over all that sort of thing with them, too? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, when it comes down to applying for a copyright, that's when I refer them to um, going to outside counsel, going to a lawyer to work okay. with them. Same okay. with their patents. Same with their uh, okay. trademarks. Now, I, I take it you can't send them to any particular lawyer or how do you do that but what i do is make them aware that uh, they need a lawyer for this okay could use a lawyer for it and then uh i'll give them three or four names in some cases if i have the uh a list of names but the real concept is to make sure they understand this is an area where you may want to go out and get legal counsel Mm -hmm. and it's up to them to go out and select the person i do not refer them to a particular lawyer okay there's so much you can do online now. You know, you, you hear the ads for your own corporation online yeah. and, and yep. do sort of things. Uh, how does that fit into the scheme of things? How, is there any place for that in your mind? Uh, well, no, because there's so many other issues that come up. And going online, that means that you kind of know where you're going from the outset. Okay. And um, for the most part, when they go online, it's... Uh, Let's think about it this way. It's the high-tech version of what you saw way back when, when they had on the back of a matchbox cover. <laughs> do okay. it yourself. Right. Do it yourself. Yeah. Well, you, you can find a do-it-yourself for just about anything, including building a car. 
Do you really want to do that? You really want to go out there and make sure you have adequate protection. Having legal protection, for instance, with a corporation, just say that, or an LLC, you don't know whether you have the protection until something happens. It's like having somebody that you don't know about put a roof on your house. You don't know if it works until it rains. Right. If there, well, okay, so there is sole proprietors, there are partnerships, L- corporations, LLCs, S corporations, and I guess a standard corporation. Right. Um, when you file as a corporation, you're not automatically protected? Are there extra steps that have to be taken that, that a lawyer would know that you may not? Oh, absolutely. When you file as a corporation, a C corporation, for instance, there are a number of things you have to do. Board of directors have to run it. Right. You have to have quarterly meetings. You have to have the minutes of those meetings. The actual decisions, policy decisions, are made by the board. And that board could be the same person. But nevertheless, you have to have these things in place. If you don't do these things and you get sued, that's what's called piercing the corporate veil. And that's where someone says, yeah, they've got the name, they've filed, but it's really not a corporation. I see, because they didn't act like a corporation. Because they didn't act like a corporation. I hmm. see. You know, one of the things that I think is confusing about LLCs, and especially in the state of Florida, is that an LLC is not really a corporation for the, for the IRS's uh, standpoint. Because you can be an LLC and be taxed as a sole proprietor or as a partnership or as a corporation. Right. So I, I think people, when they when they hear LLC, they think they're a, a corporation. Well, in the state of Florida, there is some protection. Maybe Nate can go over that, yeah. what those protections are, because they still may be one person who is taxed by the IRS as a sole proprietor. Yeah, and they can't be a nonprofit either, an LLC. Nonprofit it has to be right. a corporation, right? Uh, 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 first of all, <laughs> LLC is limited liability corporation. Limited liability company. corporation. Company. LLC is nothing more than a a sole proprietorship or a partnership that is now filed as an LLC. The LLC gives them protection as a corporation from legal liability for anyone doing business with the LLC. And that's important because. You can be a member of the LLC, but if you sign on your own behalf, then you're liable. Mm. It's only if there's someone who will do business with the LLC, which also means you must put people on notice that you're an R and LLC, and your liability is limited. Now, if you want to use that for tax purposes, you have to go to the IRS. Totally separate matter. Mm-hmm. And the IRS will determine if you can be taxed as an S corporation. And there's some benefits to that. When that happens, you no longer have members as an LLC. You have shareholders. Mm-hmm. Does the S corporation, does it have the same requirements as the C corporation? You have to have board directors, they have to meet quarterly. and you have, to, you have more requirements. More requirements. Yes. You don't have any requirements with an LLC. Once you set it up, okay. move on with it. Okay. Uh, no problem. But with a corporation, there are certain requirements you have to do to operate as a corporation. An S and that's corporation? What the lawyers, an S corporation? An S corporation. There are yeah. certain things you have to do to maintain that. Um, and if, you, if you do not, you're, you're legally liable. You, you expose yourself. Violation. Okay. You expose right. yourself. Okay. It's only for tax purposes, true. But now you have shareholders. Yep. Okay. You can only have 100. Right. As opposed to an LLC, you can have as many people as you want. Can't have foreign owners. You cannot have foreign owners. 
You can also give yourself a salary. Right. A salary. And an owner's draw, or what's it called? Uh, once a quarter, the owners uh, take out a draw. The owners can take out a draw. Now, all of these things are permitted as an S corporation. It's all for right. tax purposes. Mm-hmm. It's all for IRS benefit. Okay. And certain things you can plow money back into the corporation, meaning you're not taxed in the year in which you receive it. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure you, you can have a number of sources of revenue. Right. The, th- the thing to understand is that your obligations and your liabilities with the IRS are, are separate, and separate issues. Right, exactly, totally. from the legal liabilities that you may expose yourself to if you're not incorporated or have the LLC, the proper structure mm-hmm. uh, for what you're doing. I would suppose in some cases it could be either or, but in some cases it, it, it it's, you really ought to be here. It's either or, you know, again, when you're looking at the tax part, you want to look at uh, S corporation potentially, depending on what you want to do. Right. As an LLC, if your only concern is that your personal assets would not be exposed to liability, the LLC takes care of that. Okay. And then you just pay taxes. That you're accepting the, the tax rate that's going to come with well, we'll dealing with that as a sole proprietor or a partnership. Well, an LLC, any profits from the LLC is considered income the owners right in the year in which it's received right and reported as business income is that correct no no no, no. it's ordinary income for filing purposes or reported as ordinary income ordinary income so but you can you still you can still have to take all your deductions <laughs> right mm-hmm. right and you still take your business deductions i think most of uh, the score clients that uh, come especially startups they will start off as an llc and there may only be one person maybe two yeah, it um, depends on liability issues. It, but liability is really the big issue here. Right. Yes. Uh, and a lot of them don't know how to start. And, of course, I just tell them to look at sunbiz.org, and a lot of them will, will do that. And I don't know, if Nate, you feel that's for a simple business that's just starting up, if that's the way to go. Because a lawyer, you know, they may not have the money to pay a lawyer, and I guess you're going to get into lawyer fees later on. But That's a very, oh. good, very good point. Uh, something like um, just... Registering it as an LLC, that can be done on SunBiz. You mentioned LegalZoom and other internet right. internet mm-hmm. uh, companies. What they do is they charge you a fee, and they go to SunBiz. They charge yeah. you a fee to do what you can do. If you're already thing. going to them, yeah. you're already yeah. on the internet. You can know your way around right. enough. You can go straight to SunBiz. And, and SunBiz prompts you through it. Right. Very simple question. Yeah. And you, Okay, we'll get into a little bit more of that. Um, we don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but just make you understand that there are certain, that there are varying things you have to be aware of and concerned about as you get into business and maybe even want to change while you're in business. As David was saying, you may want to start out as an LLC, but the further you get along into it, you may change want to, to bump an S it up. corporation. Exactly. Or C. So yep. we'll talk to Nate about uh, the feasibility uh, of doing that sort of thing as well. And once again, he's over at SCORE. You can uh, meet with him uh, up close and personal. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back with more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Christopher Hart here along with Rich Jekyll, and today we also have David Highland in the studio and Nate Friends, and these guys are all volunteers at SCORE, and as I was saying as we were going into the break, 
Uh, if you're, you know, wondering about which corporate structure or which uh, business structure is right for you How in to terms register, yep. of a legal sense, that sort of thing, if you copyright questions, patent questions, go to Nate first. Let him sort of evaluate your situation, give you some advice, give you choices, some of, yeah. uh, choices, some of his expertise. And then if you need to hire someone, he maybe can give you a, a couple of names and but what should somebody be looking for when they when they hire an attorney for a business uh, venture? Well, f- first of all, um, when you hire an attorney, that's a um, it's a relationship. Uh, when they say attorney and counselor, you're talking about the counseling part for, more, for the most part, right? Uh, in a criminal matter, you're talking about those things that have already happened. And now we're talking about determining what you want to do. And that's where the counseling part comes in. So with this, uh, you kind of want to figure out things to prevent from happening. To prevent from happening. And so you want someone that you feel comfortable with, that you can trust. So you want to make sure that this is a guy that I can work with or Gail. Right. That I can work with and I can open up to and they can give me some honest feedback. David, you had an interesting statistic. What was it before the show? Oh, yeah, and I probably tell this to uh, somebody at least once a week on average that um, we have 4.4% of the world's population in the United States, and we have 70% thereabouts of the world's lawyers. So how do you pick one out? There's there's a real disconnect as far as the number of people and then the number of lawyers to service us. You know, we we always pride ourselves on being a nation of laws. (laughs) I guess we're also a nation of lawyers. Breaking laws. Uh, But, you know, this, because we do have a massive uh, uh, legal uh, framework uh, in in a sense of so many federal regulations and laws. I mean, you were with AT&T. You must know what I'm talking about. You probably had a whole wall full of regulation books that they were constantly updating. Uh, and, and so there's there's constantly more laws being made. And in that sense, the demand for lawyers naturally you know, increases Increases. Along with yeah. that, right? Am I getting this correctly? Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, we do have 70% of the lawyers. Right. Uh, on the other hand, we probably got even more, a higher percentage of regulations and rules and laws because we go down to state, county, city, federal. Yeah. federal. Yeah. I, I, don't, I, I think that's Everybody because we have so many lawyers, they made so many rules <laughs> and regulations. <laughs> well, that's not altogether untrue. You know, you see things and you see they should be regulated as opposed to there's no market forces that's going to cause anything to be the way it should be. And I believe it's also a natural outcropping of of our form of government. Once again, it's a participatory form of government. It invites people to participate in it. And that means you're going to have all kinds of different views, different opinions, different perspectives, different wants, different needs, different requirements. And all of that is argued out in our public institutions, oftentimes resulting in public action being taken yeah our court systems and, right and, and, and i mean it's, it's it's i guess you could say it's a two-edged sword we've we've burdened ourselves with a lot of laws and regulations but the other edge is we did it i mean we participated <laughs> right i mean it's not a dictatorial system not a dictatorial system and what would happen if you didn't have regulations uh, the only bad regulation is the one who affects me right that's yeah. how everyone looks at it yeah 
And it's, and it's something, you, you know, it, there's a balance. It, it's like the legal scales in, in, kind of, in a sense. I mean, you want to find a balance of sorts. Um, and but, That's a good segue, though, because one of the things you look at, first of all, is the lawyer that you're hiring. Does that person have any experience in the industry in which you're going? Hmm. If you're in the food service industry, you want someone who understands that area. If you're telecom, someone who understands that area. Whatever area you're going into. Because those are the rules and regulations they will be focusing on in general to help you to get started, help you with your ongoing business. Right. Next thing you want to know, and this is very important, how does the lawyer handle conflicts? What do you mean by that? Well, yeah. if, if you go to a litigator, they're going to want to go to court, scorched earth, let's get them. All right. Scorched earth. Do you want somebody who's a mediator who will try to work out what needs to be worked out? Does he make decisions based on your position or your best interest? Your position being his your client? Your position being, I'm right. I don't care what they say. Oh, I see. They owe me. I don't owe them. Let's go to court. Whatever it takes, let's make sure I come out a winner. Right. That may not be in your best interest, even if you're right. But if you hire a lawyer who's a litigator, he says, let's go to court. Right. And we'll spend as much money as you can right. give me. Sure. That's how he makes his, <laughs> uh, his wage. But if you hire a negotiator. You know, I had a situation years ago when I was a real estate broker where there was a real estate sales. The, the, the person who was the salesperson now worked in the company that I was involved with, but had worked at another company when the, the, the deed was done to where the, uh, the homeowners felt that they were defrauded out of something like $2,000. Well, there were five lawyers from five different companies talking about this over two thousand dollars, and oh so, my God. and so, and so, of course, these lawyers figured out, well, here's going to cost if we have to go to a trial and go to all this other, you know, lawyer and stuff. So they just settled, and then they, they what happened was that each of the five companies this person had worked with, because they were all named, uh, each then had a percentage of responsibility. I think in my case, our company was only ten percent. So we only had, we're out two hundred dollars, but it, but it's 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 a fascinating how how the, the law business can work because it's it's usually to your benefit to get it done as quickly as possible, yeah, without running to the because the cost can go crazy, especially if you have multitude of lawyers involved, right? Yeah, five lawyers <laughs> that were involved over a two thousand dollars settlement. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, there again was someone uh, proceeding based upon their positions, not their best interests. Right. Or they would have cut that off real fast. Right. Let's resolve it, even if it turns out that I'm paying something I really shouldn't pay or not receiving a bill that I should be receiving. Yeah. It's right. not worth right. going to court. Now, uh, a, a question. Uh, um, it, if someone does decide to uh, set up a, let's say, an S or a C corporation mm -hmm. and they have a lawyer helping them, is that a logical person to have on the board? No. Why? No, because the lawyer is an, is an advocate for the um, the person who hired him, the company. Mm -hmm. They can be on the board for giving the board advice, not actually making decisions. I see. Because then you're representing yourself also. So if a lawyer suggests that they be on the board, it should only be in an advisory uh, capacity. That's my view. That's an inherent conflict of interest, I think. Yeah, I would not okay. even So if somebody proposes that, you know you're in the wrong place. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, 
but uh, with the the various uh, structures, sole proprietor, obviously a sole proprietor is, is going to be for somebody, uh, generally speaking, who's not going to have a lot of employees. No liability to well, like a car detailing. No, a car detailer. Well, a car detailer, somebody could well, accuse them of yeah, messing up their seats or something. There, there like. was a woman that came in the score, and her business was going to be uh, doing a face painting for children. Now, that's liability. I said, right there. Well, let's good. leave it that. Hey, well, let's yeah, leave it to me. Let's leave it to me. Is there a business that could consider itself a, a liability free? Uh, no. I didn't think so. No, there's no such thing. Right. Well, then it's, how it's can you do a sole proprietor? Because they don't know that they should have some protection. Uh, anything you do, you know, it takes a few dollars to file a lawsuit. And um, anything you do out here, there's someone who will come after you for it. Uh, sole proprietor, there are certain things that are, are basically uh, low risk, very, very low risk. Right? Yeah. A car detailer, that's very low yeah. risk. A pressure but, washer. But, what you're but doing there's that, still risk. There's still risk. No hope. It, Yes, there is. Okay. No, there's lia- There's no liability. You can get, if it's property, you can get insurance for it. Oh, that's liability. Yeah. You're talking about who pays it. Yeah. That's liability. If there's no liability, you don't need insurance. No, but there is per- property liability or something like that, but there, you're not injuring a person. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I mean, matter. Somebody, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter if you injure anybody. Oh. It, 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 property if you're spray washing my car and you use... Some uh, chemical that some that, chemical uh, or, or you use eight thousand psi for <laughs> right. your pressure washer right. and it takes my paint off. You're liable. You're, that's property yeah. liability. You can get insurance for that. The, you can get but insurance. The personal for, liability is the way you register the company. Correct. Uh, no, it's personal and property damage that can come up. Uh, personal liability can come up more ways than you think. Yeah. Yep. So really. Uh, the what, sole what proprietorship you, is... What you want to do is have the security in knowing right. that if there is something that comes up, and believe me, uh, throughout my experience over the years, and one of the things I did before I didn't give you all my background, is I was a litigator for the company. That's how I handled the big case that I mentioned to you. I, I did personal injury for the company way back, oh, starting out. All of these things, you'd be surprised, the theories... And people come up to oh, sell you on. Oh, I can just yeah. I got a friend who uh, he had a chain of pizza stores, and he said uh, the day he realized he had actually made it was the day he realized that everybody was trying to take it away from him. And, you know, the, the sign of success was everybody started yep. suing him. That, that's true. It, it, see, because yeah, it doesn't matter the situation, Rich. What matters is how deep are the pockets oftentimes. Okay, then why do we have sole proprietor and partnership <laughs> no, so uh, registration? Let the, man, let the man tell you. Sole proprietorship registration is just so people can find you. The city knows if something comes up, you can be found and served. Right. Uh, that's why you register as a sole proprietor. Right. But your liability but, uh, issues are huge if you're in the restaurant business. Absolutely. Uh, you're abso- your so you should issues. not register as a sole proprietor. There has to be some occupations that you can register as a sole proprietor and be semi-safe. has to be. No, no, not to, my, not to my knowledge. Once you register, now registration is just so people can find you. Uh, even though you are not um, registered as a corporation, you have to register to do business with the city. Because if something comes up, you're doing yard work. Mm-hmm. You cheat me out of something. I want to sue you. How do I find you? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. They're doing business as. Right. But 
a sole proprietor, anytime you open any business, open a lemonade stand out there, you're a sole proprietor. Right. Right off. Right. If just, someone it, gets right. sick from your lemonade, they're going to sue you for personal injury. That's it. If someone trips over your stand, they may sue you. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, people do that because they don't know better. All right, all right. What well, we know, though, is we have to take another break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue the conversation with Nate Friends. And as you can see, you know, there's a lot of legal thorny things that come up as soon as you start talking about, you know, which you know which particular uh, arrangement works best for you. There's a lot of questions, and so uh, don't speculate, don't guess. Get some good advice. Go to score and talk to Nate. All right, we'll be right back. And don't forget, please like us on Facebook. That's Score Orlando on Facebook. We'll be back. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her head. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. And being regular listeners, we appreciate that, too. We get some great comments, and we thank you for telling your friends and family about the show and helping us get the word out about SCORE. Yeah. You know, the uh, legal profession now can advertise, right? And you oftentimes hear them advertising, guess where, ladies and gentlemen? John Morgan. (laughs) You oftentimes hear them advertising on radio, and that's because radio works. It gets your message out, and it gets it out to the people that you want to hear it. That's why they use radio. Of course, they use television as well. They use everything. And in this case, radio is a great way to reach the audience and get your message out. And with four great, strong radio stations right here, the Salem Media Group Orlando is ready to help you do just that. Bill Files is the station manager here. Here's His phone number is 407-618-1760. He'd love to give you a tour around the stations here, explain how each station is focused to a different audience and how a particular station might be the best one for you to get your message out. 407-618-1760. Don't let the lawyers make all the money. <laughs> get out there and advertise on radio, too, and get your share of it. All right, Nate Friends uh, Esquire is in the studio with us, Rich Jekyll and... Uh, what's your name David again? David Hyland. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to wear his name tag next time, you know? David Hyland. Well, you made a good point about the radio, though, because you know now you can listen to radio. I've listened to this show on my laptop, on my cell phone. I have know people from California that have listened to this show. And you know... Well, you good. can thank AT&T. <laughs> exactly. And they have AT&T. And, and the, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, when we started this show, Rich... I remember when he asked me if he, he should do this, and I said, you bet, do it, do it. You did not. You I said, I, I hate said radio. You, I said, I love radio. Radio is good. Uh, oh, baloney. But, but now Rich used to have to beg people to come on to the show. Now we're actually getting emails of people asking if they can come on the show. Yep. All right. Now that's a fact. <laughs> All right. And by the way, if you have any uh, comments or questions that you would like us to address on the show, you can send them to us at score at nationalec.org. That's score at nationalec.org. <laughs> All right, once again, uh, we're talking with uh, Nate, but I want to remind everybody again. Now, you're going to be at BizFest, right, Nate? Oh, yes, I'll be there. Yeah, are, are you going to be judging the Pitch Fest by any chance? I will be uh, speed counseling. Speed counseling. Oh, that'll be great. So, <laughs> you, you folks, uh, this is coming up in you know, just over a month, May 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on out, and uh, if you don't get a chance in between now and then, maybe to set up an appointment with Nate, you can uh, sit down. The speed counseling, how long do the sessions last when you do a speed counseling? 
20 minutes? 20 minutes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's long enough to kind of get the feel of things, get get sort of an idea, and maybe set up a set up a, an appointment. Set up an appointment. If they can't Absolutely. handle it in 20 minutes, then they set up an appointment with a right. counselor. Uh, were either you guys, David or Rich, you guys, because I know last year you did some speed counseling, didn't you, Rich? I had headed it up for oh. two years. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But you're not doing that this year? Uh, no. Doug Ware, our Doug. friend Doug Ware is okay. doing it. But. All right. So, but there'll be people from different uh, backgrounds. Right, right. They, the they don't. They don't allow me to do speed counseling because no. I'm, I'm, right. I'm too slow. So <laughs> that's I, right. I couldn't do it in twenty minutes. Uh, uh, you'll be too much. Actually, uh, full twenty minutes talking. <laughs> right, David will be going around. Uh, that's right. We'll be doing the video and media the stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll be interviewing people, and uh, and I know you guys will be on the radio yeah. uh, from five to seven yeah. live. Yeah, yeah, we'll be doing so. the show live from the National Entrepreneur Center. Yep. Once again, this is a free event, and you're not going to find another, <laughs> a, a better business networking event throughout the year. Not, not, for, not, for, for, not sure. for the kind of money you'll pay to go to this, right. I'll tell you. There How much is it again? There's round tables. It's the big F word. And uh, you know it. The big <laughs> F word. The big <laughs> F word. Free. Free. That's right. Okay. And uh, we want to thank the UPS store for being the BizFest Expo sponsor. Yeah. And uh, come on out. Once again, you go to orlando.score.org. You can find out more about it. You can pre-register for it. We suggest you do that, although you're welcome to walk in. And it is going to be in the uh, uh, Fashion Square. And it starts at noon. And May 9th, noon, and it'll go to about 7.30. It culminates with a social uh, uh, cocktail party. Yeah, and, and, orders uh, and yeah. drinks. Yeah, and, and that's... That's where you'll see Rich. Uh, more yeah. on. That's drinks. where he's doing his counseling. By yeah, right. yeah, that's right. He'll that's be, how uh, I started oh. this show and came up with a name. By the way, <laughs> can I give a shout-out to Constant Contact, one of our wonderful... Oh, uh, yeah. Constant Contact actually had a, um, a live webinar um, that I was just attending. With Pamela Starr, one of Rich's favorite. Yes. Yes. Pamela was on the show. Friend of the show. Yeah. And so I wanted to thank them as well for being a, a great yeah. um, sponsor. Sponsor. And the, the uh, seminar she just did, uh, actually it was a webinar, was a SCORE-sponsored webinar. And she gave a lot of uh, shout-outs to SCORE as well. Yeah. So right. thank Good you deal. to Pamela. Good deal. Uh, all right. Back to Nate Friends. And once again, his expertise uh, is legal issues. Uh, everything from what type of structure do you want to start out with, and is there any advantage to trying to set up the the structure that you think you're going to get to, or set up something now and hope you get to something else later? In other words, LLC maybe first, and then if you as you progress, if S you're corporation, successful, C corporation, or should you just jump right to a S corporation? No, it's okay to start off with an LLC. And keep in mind that you can change from one structure to the other within a matter of minutes. Almost. Yes. And yeah. there are no consequences for that? There are no real consequences. Money. Money. Like an LLC mm -hmm. costs $140 to register. But I mean, an S corporation costs $70 to register. So it's a money issue. But what I'm saying is there are no legal or tax consequences to that? Generally, no. Do you have to do a special notification that you're changing? Well, you have to dissolve one or the other. Um, what does that mean? Entail? Well, the one that you're moving from, you dissolve that and move into the next structure. Yeah. Okay. All that can be done on SunBiz, too. All SunBiz, very quickly. I there see. So so there is an official thing that you go on SunBiz, and it, it cancels out the corporation and the number and everything that you've been assigned, I take yep, it. Yep, exactly. And I in some you. cases, you may want to keep the same name. 
I got you. You're just operating under a different structure. Yep. Did some people just sort of let it go and not pay the corporate fees and let it dissolve that way? Well, that happens for, um, that can happen for a, an LLC or a C corporation for the state. Uh, that's one of the things that uh, people need to be aware of when it comes to something like an S corporation. If you do not dissolve an S corporation, you will have to still pay taxes on that. Right. And it's not just taxes. It's registration it's also fees. Yep. Fees that you pay. And it's, it's a distinction because with an LLC, if you made no money, uh-huh. if you didn't file taxes, so what? Right. Why? Because every penalty is associated with the tax you would have owed. I see. You made no money, so you don't make it 100% don't get fee. Penalized. Right. There's right. no penalty. Right. However, with an S Corp, you have to file every year whether you make money or not. And if you don't file, there's a fee or a penalty for not filing. Well, yep. what if you come along later and just dissolve the corporation? Well, during the time that you had not dissolved it, you have to pay that penalty. Yeah, you have to make that up. And that penalty is based on not only the corporation, but the number of shareholders. So if that penalty times 10, 15, 20 shareholders, it can be very significant. How many, uh, Even if you made no money at all. How many shareholders now can you have in a, a S corporation? In Florida right now, it's 100. And keep 100, in mind, wow. this is state law because it's still a, a corporation LLC. Mm-hmm. I see. It's just taxed as a corporate, as an S corporation. So will they not allow you to file for another corporation or just send you a bill? Send you a bill. You still taxes on it. I see. Okay. And with an S corp, you have to pay a registration every uh, year, an annual fee. Right. With with yes. any corporation, you have right. to. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so you can see there's a lot of things that you need to be aware of as you choose a particular structure. Right. And uh, the only way to to know the best one is to talk to people who know all of them. And these are the things you do before you open the day, door the yeah. first day for business. Uh, some by default, sole proprietorship, that's by default. You open the door for business, you're a sole proprietor. Right. Or a partnership if it's more than one. Oh, I see. And before you open a business, you should have decided what structure you want, not by default. All right. Okay. That's one lawyer you get. And those- now you're up and running business. You've got an ongoing business now. You need legal advice. Okay. You're going to have all types of contracts design, supplier contracts, employment contracts, sales contracts. Should somebody expect to have a big, huge legal fund uh, before they start a business? <laughs> no, not necessarily. Again, you want to get a lawyer that can work with you. Again, from that trust standpoint, advising you the things you need. Make sure you've got all of the, the um, registrations that you need, both the state, local, county, whatever's needed there in place. Uh, you need somebody to work that through with you. Uh, you then need someone to um, uh, help you with the various uh, contracts you'll have. Maybe just something as basic as a lease for your for your business. Your suppliers. Yeah. And then, of course, your sales contracts. You want to make sure that with your customers, they know what they're getting. Right. And you want a contract that specifies that, where you don't find yourself liable for something that you really didn't want to be, but your contract was not there or you failed to put it in there. You want someone who can go through those things and get it all tight for you. Okay. Yeah, well, most of this stuff is covered in the seminar, how to hire people and how to pay bills and how to keep track of your money 
and all that stuff. Um, so mm-hmm. the lawyer part of it, it comes after, I think, or while you're setting up your corporation, for instance, right? Yes. You know, you've got a product, you want to sell it, and uh, you've got to have a sales agreement. Right. You've got a um, supplier who's going to give you a contract. Is that a good contract? You've got a lease arrangement for your, your brick and mortar if you have that. Yep. If you're working on the Internet, what are the special laws that uh, apply there? So, Bottom line is don't try to go it alone yeah. unless you are a lawyer. And even then, uh, if you're in, not in your own field, you might want to get some advice from someone who is uh, in the field of, you know, legal businesses and the particular type of business that you're yeah, going into. Yeah, they say that a, uh, a lawyer who uh, handles their own divorce has a fool for a lawyer? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But most uh, of these things are covered in our seminars, so right, we and, should make note of that. All right. And what is not, you can discuss with, with a lawyer, Nate yeah. Friends. And to find out about the seminars and uh, perhaps to set up an appointment with Nate, you can go to Orlando.score.org. That's Orlando.score.org. Once again, you can walk in over there to set up an appointment or you call them on the phone, 407-420-4844. But the bottom line is don't try to do it on your own. In mm-hmm. fact, I just referred a friend of mine who's having a problem with an employment contract. I just referred her to... Uh to Nate just today. All right. And once again, Nate will be doing speed counseling sessions at the Biz Fest. You all are invited. And it's going to be a lot of people there this year. So uh-huh. it'll be better if you pre-register at Orlando.score.org. That's going to be May the 9th at the National Entrepreneur Center in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall, kicking off at noon. And that's Orlando.score.org. And don't forget, please also like us on Facebook and tell yeah. your friends and family about us. Yeah. What's the phone number? 407-420-4844. It's funny how Rich keeps forgetting with the phone number. Well, don't forget, we'll be back next week with more of What's the Score. See ya. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.